0: Hello, everyone. So Lisa Kosky was recently my guest on the show. I'm sure you remember her. It was a very popular episode entitled Doing Divorce Different Because There Isn't Just One Way. And now she's back to help you co-parent in a better way with an online parenting course that helps you create a comprehensive parenting plan that works for your family. So if you're terrified that divorce will ruin your child, this course is for you. You will learn how to create a parenting plan that meets the unique needs of your family, understand the terminology of parenting plans and how they are used in the legal process, you'll learn strategies for effective communication and conflict resolution with your co-parent, and you'll get guidance on addressing common challenges and issues that arise in co-parenting. You can find the program at lisakoski.com backslash online dash parenting dash course and use the code parents10 for 10% off.
1: Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. It didn't just affect my childhood. It actually affects my whole life now from here on out. It's kind of wild for someone just to say like, oh, you know, this is just between me and your dad and like, you'll go through this. But then, you know, when you move out of the house, you get to form your own life. It's like, no, forever I will have divorced parents. And even if you guys remarry to somebody new, you will still be divorced. But I know very few parents who actually think that. Most parents know it affects their children.
2: (laughs) Hello and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and today I have a treat for you listeners. I have Grace Casper with us. Grace has been on a few of our friends' podcasts. She was recently on Kate Anthony's uh, Divorce Survival Guide, and she was with T.H. and Jessica over on X Experts. But now she's joining us, and I have to tell you, this was a long time coming. It's not Grace's fault. I got sick, I had a death in the family, we kept having to reschedule, but I'm so excited to have her because you all know how important it is to me to talk to the parents who are going through divorce to support you all because I know for you, the scariest part about divorce is that you're afraid it's going to negatively impact your kids. And um, Grace and I were just talking, she is a kid. Whose parents went through divorce. Her parents got divorced when she was eight, or started their divorce when she was eight. And she is now recently graduated from college, the new author of a brand new book. It's called Dear Parents: Notes from a Child of Divorce. We're gonna talk about this today. But she is also has a wonderful Um, website, a page that she runs called Divorce Tips for Kids, and she has her own podcast, Divorce, What I Wish My Parents Knew. So she knows what you want to know from your kids about what they need, about what they want, about what they're thinking, about what they're feeling, and about what is happening and how it affects them. And she's gonna share some of that for you so that you can then help your kids and support your kids through divorce and importantly, have conversations with your kids. So let me just first, Grace, thank you so much for finally joining me and for being so patient about getting this scheduled.
1: Oh my gosh, Susan Guthrie, I've had a girl crush on you for a while. I wanted to be on this show. So seriously, you are helping me mark things off my bucket list. Thank you for having me.
2: Well, and I th- thank you. I, I think I'm I'm way older to be a girl crush, but I totally appreciate it. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and and I was telling you, you know, I I truly admire that you are doing. Things now in your early twenties that you know, putting out a book, starting a podcast, having your page. Oh, and by the way, having a full time job. You're a librarian, full time yeah, librarian, hello. right? In an <laughs> elementary school. Yeah. Um, you know, launching yourself in the world and doing all of this, and I admire that because what you're doing here, I. Is, is something that's missing in the space. I've had Bella Duncan on, and Bella has, you know, wonderful tips. And she's speaking really to kids, which yeah. is a very needed space. She gives Huge. kids tips and help um, for what they're feeling, thinking, and doing. But I will tell you, parents are the ones who I think struggle the most yeah. because it's easy – to think that they know what's going on in their kids' minds and heads—it's scary to think about what's going on in their kids' minds and heads, and they—they they really don't know how to open up these conversations or how to to really come at it through their children's eyes. And you have a gift
1: for Thank being you. able to do
2: that. And wow. so the book, the the website, the podcast are all fabulous. Thank um, you so, so I'm much. excited. To dive into this today, I wanted to focus on the book uh, because it just came out recently. Thank you, by the way. I say have saved the cookie. She sent oh my me a book and a cookie. It's absolutely adorable, it. so I can't eat it. And I have a sweet tooth, but it's so adorable. I'm going to post a picture of it on oh Instagram for you guys gosh. that want to see it. Um, it's adorable. It, it matches the cover of the book. But so you were so thoughtful in that. Thank you. But maybe let's start, I want to tell you the part of the book that touched me the most, and I'm not a parent of children of divorce. I've been divorced, but I did not have children, but I have three stepchildren who are 25 years old. They were five years old when I met them, and you wrote a little note in the beginning of your book to your parents, and I... I'm gonna, I am want to read this for my listeners because I don't think there's a parent out there in the world who wouldn't want their child to be able to write this to them. And this, hopefully this podcast, your book, and all of your content is the journey, the help that they need to get to this. So it says, to mom and dad, without you, none of this would have been possible. Thank you for making the right decision for yourselves and our family Thank you for letting me speak out on the effects of divorce on children without wondering if you both approve. You've taught me that we are not broken, but whole love grace. That I mean, I think that says it all. (laughs) Don't you?
1: Yeah, I wanted to make sure that. So that's like my dedication page. And I easily could have just said, like, you know, this is to my mom and dad, or this is to divorced families. Yay. But I just thought like, you know what, this is a space and a time where I really can honor them because I mean, what parent would want their child to write a book about their divorce and tell the whole world about it? (laughs) They were awesome sports about it. And and it wasn't always that way. It took a while for them to be comfortable with it. But I'm so glad that through them reading the book and through me continuing to add chapters and checking with them and being like, Oh, I just wrote one about dating. Like, is it okay if I tell them about this? And them both being like, you know what? The only way this is really going to have its full effect is if you are honest and if you can tell your story and they realize that, that their story is as much as my story. So they gave me the permission to say, you know what Grace like, "Yes, it's our divorce, but also it's your story too. Your parents are divorced." Um and so, yeah, I wanted to honor them in that and really dedicate this book to them and let them know that, man, I would not be writing this if it weren't for you guys. And it and it wouldn't be published if it weren't for them. I wouldn't publish it without their approval. Not because I'm like a people pleaser, but because I just wouldn't feel healthy about releasing something that has very much to do with them. And with them being like, oh, I don't approve of this. What is she doing?
2: Yeah, well, it took, uh, 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 kudos to your parents because it takes a little bravery to put out there because, and I, and I recently had on the podcast a retired family court judge and that episode, um, and he's created a little video for parents who are going through divorce called Point C. And that whole episode was about how parents unintentionally cause harm to their kids in divorce because it's the last thing parents want to do. Oh my God, they're so worried about it, but they do it because they just don't know. They just don't know what's going on or how this is being perceived or received or experienced by their children. So kudos to your parents who, you know, none of us are perfect. So there's a 100% chance that they didn't do something perfectly, Let yet they gave you that leeway to put that imperfection out there your experience of divorce because as you said it's not just their divorce it was your divorce and your brother's divorce as well in a lot of ways and that's maybe the first lesson for parents it's the family's divorce everyone experiences it it's different for everyone but everyone experiences it
1: yes and it affects their lives forever like even as i think about um, you know being an adult now And not being a kid and having the holidays assigned to me, I get to choose now. Okay, where do I go for Christmas? Do I go to mom's? Do I go to dad's? Do I split it both ways? I live in Texas now. So that means I have to buy all these plane tickets. What can I afford? So it didn't just affect my childhood. It actually affects my whole life now from here on out. It's it's kind of wild for someone just to say like, oh, you know, this is just between me and your dad and like, you'll go through this. But then, you know, when you move out of the house you get to form your own life. It's like, no, forever I will have divorced parents. And even if you guys remarry to somebody new, you will still be divorced. Um, But I know very few parents who actually think that. Most parents know it affects their children.
2: (laughs) I think so. But but it brings up a good point, because I know you said in the book, uh, one thing that you wanted the book to be for parents was a catalyst for conversations. I'm going to put that emphasis on the S at the end of conversations. And that goes to something that our mutual friend, Christina McGee, America's favorite parenting expert, um, and I have talked about numerous times on this on this podcast. Um, but we started in the episode that was on how to have the talk about divorce with your children, right? Your, your mom sat you and your brother down when you were eight and had that mom and dad are getting divorced conversation. And for a lot of parents, I think they think, that that's a one and done conversation. And one thing that your book is clear about in what you just said you know, I have to decide in my early 20s and when I get married, and when you're going to family weddings, and when you have children, and all for the rest of your life, you're gonna have to make these decisions about which parents' house do I go to, what do I, you know, it's all of that. So I think it's an important thing that you've written this from that perspective of sparking conversations for parents.
1: Yeah, I wanted to make it a book of empowerment and not just a map or a recipe of like, okay, this nervous parent that's like, oh, this girl's going to give me tips. And so then this parent's like okay, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. And then this will make sure that my kids are not scarred from the divorce. Like that's not the point of the book at all. The point is to see into what a child is going through to hopefully get real practicals from the book, but then use those as a springboard to apply it to your own life, which is why I've added questions after every chapter for the parent to really explore it deep in themselves. Okay. How does this apply to me? How does this apply to our family? Because every single family is different. And that's why I host my podcast as well, as I want to highlight other children of divorce's voices because my situation was very different. Like, I saw my parents together, so I saw how it didn't work out. I saw that it was a great decision that they got <laughs> divorced. But some of my friends, you know, their parents got divorced when they were two, so they never knew what it was like for them to be together. And they just had to trust, well, I guess mom and dad aren't good together. And just believe that, well, I guess, you know, they were fighting when they were together. I never saw that. Hopefully, this book is a challenge and an empowerment to the parent to say, like, here are some guardrails for you. Here are some practicals. You have it in you because you know your kids best. You know what they need. Now, go and, like, start these conversations with them because they need to be heard. They need to be led into this experience. And they're not stupid. Like, they're not just like, oh... Okay, I go for mom and dad's like la, la la la. Like they're so observant, they're so smart, they're so mature for their age. Even me, being an elementary school librarian, I'm interacting with kids all the time, and I forget what it was like to be that age sometimes. And so, interacting with them, I'm like, holy crap, these kids are so with it, like. They'll, they'll remember everything too. I'll make a promise to them. And then a week later, they're like, Miss Casper, you said it. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I forgot I even said that to you. Thank you. (laughs) It's just wild. Like kids remember everything. They see a lot more than you think. I remember my mom thought I didn't see things when my parents were together. And then when I was in counseling, um, it came out in counseling and she sat with me for the first like 10 sessions because I was really young and I was scared of my counselor, but through those sessions, she's like, wait, you saw that? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, oh my gosh, I like didn't know that you saw those things. And so, you know, it's easy to think that kids just are resilient and they'll push through and they don't see what's going on, but they know what's going on. So have those hard conversations with them because I'm sure that they're going to be better for it.
2: You know, I, I love that you, thank you for sharing that story because it's something that um, I have heard parents through my career say to me over and over again, "Oh, we don't fight in front of the kids. Oh, we never yell. Oh, we this. Oh, we that. They don't know. They, they." And I'm every divorce attorney at this point in time who's listening right now is rolling their eyes. <laughs>
1: Literally. <laughs> it, 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 right? Every because kid is like, hello. <laughs> e-
2: yeah, every kid knows. Your kids know what's going on. Um, even your two-year-old, right? You said they don't know that there was fighting and, and they may not remember, but a t- even a two-year-old's picking up the the stress and the tension yeah. in the household yeah. and all that. Um, but I, it, the other thing that this book does is gives or emphasizes that to some degree kids need to have a voice they need to be a part of this process by having these conversations by being it being acknowledged that this impacts them in a variety of different ways. And so what I wanted to do, because clearly I don't want to give away all of the magic sauce of the book because one, we can't do that in a 30-minute podcast, and two, I I want people to get the book so they can do the exercises and have it as a resource, but I did want to hone in on a couple um, just to give people an idea of what we're talking about. So I picked out three that I think are really going to resonate. I know they resonated with me. And the first one was... Find a schedule for your kids, right? And and it kind of talks to the point of kids are never the ones calling the shots when it comes to, in fact, that's a quote from the book, kids are never <laughs> calling the shots when it comes to setting the schedules. And it's usually parents who, you know, for a variety of practical reasons, right. set up the parenting time according to what suits their schedules. Right. But- you talk about the the fact that because the kids never call any of these shots, they're really disempowered and, and the, the it really can be a very difficult aspect of divorce for kids.
1: Yeah. I think what I struggle with is um, when I'm, when I hear a kid of divorce say, yeah, I was joint custody, but like, I hated going to my mom's and I was always forced to go there. And it's like, It's like, why is this kid being forced to go meet with this person when both parties don't want to be with each other? It's like the mom was busy. She was working. She didn't really want to be with her kids. And the kids didn't want to be there. So it's like, okay, both parties don't want to be here. Why are we making them do 50-50? So I think there's a lot of messed up stuff that goes on within family court. And I get there's so many nuances and dynamics and yada, yada, yada. But I think what's sad is when two parents kind of use their kids as pawns it's like when you're when you're deciding what you're going to split up so it's like okay i get this part of the assets and the house and the money and blah blah blah. and then you get to the kids and then it's like it's like you may not have wanted to spend a lot of time with your kids before the divorce but now that the divorce is happening you almost want to win and so you're like well then now i want the kids and it's like Whoa, whoa whoa hold on you never wanted the kids <laughs> yeah um and not not that that's every situation i'm being very specific here but i think what what i wanted to let parents know is this is one of the topics in divorce where kids really don't have a say at least they don't until they're 16 depending on the court and all that jazz but yeah um i think i wanted to inform parents that it's really if you want to create a good co-parenting situation for your family to trial things and then ask your kids, like, what do they feel about it? You know, you're allowed to ask your kids. So you can do that every other weekend or you can do the 50-50 and then say to them, do you like doing 50-50 or would you rather do this or that? Now, doing that, though, is going to take a lot of humility because you have to be ready for your kids to maybe say, I don't really want to be with you as much. And that's going to pack a punch and that's going to be really, really hard. But Uh, I, I feel like it's going to be better because what I try to explain in the book is it's not always a jab to you or your character. It can a lot of times just be the familiarity of the place. So for me, I wanted to be more, I wanted to spend more time at my mom's because it's where I grew up. Um, she got to keep the house. It was our original house. All of my friends were in a 10 minute radius. My school was nearby. Like all my routine and familiarity was in that bubble. And then my dad who lived in Denver, it was like scary because I'm like, oh, a city. I was so used to like little safe suburbia. And the city was just so like woof. And I didn't know what to do with it. And it was like new and it was exciting, but also kind of scary. So I couldn't spend as much time there because I was like, I don't know, it just gave me a lot of anxiety. Um and it had nothing to do with my dad. Literally nothing to do with my dad. It was the it was the location, it was what we did there. I just wanted to challenge parents, and I don't know the right answer. I don't know how to have those conversations because I've never been a parent, but just letting them know and reminding them, hey, this is an area in which kids don't really have a voice, so why don't you invite them into the process, and maybe if you're ready and don't have as much pride and ready to swallow that pill of humility, ask them what they prefer.
2: Okay, listeners, I'm just going to let you all know and admit it. After a long day at work helping people to navigate divorce, I currently like to unwind with a little bit of binge watching. And right now, Amazon's Prime Video is my channel of choice. We are watching Jury Duty at the moment. I highly recommend it. It's hilarious. And queued up right after that is the latest season of Jack Ryan. So if you want to try out Prime Video for free, I've got a 30-day trial just for you. You can go to divorcebeyond.com backslash prime-video or just find the link in the show notes. And if you have some recommendations, be sure to let me know. Stay tuned for more from author, podcaster, and child of divorce, Grace Casper as she shares her insights on what your kids wish you knew about how your divorce is
1: impacting them. It's just wild. Like, kids remember everything. They see a lot more than you think. I remember my mom thought I didn't see things when my parents were together. It's easy to think that kids just are resilient and they'll push through and they don't see what's going on, but they know what's going on. So have those hard conversations with them because I'm sure that they're going to be better for it. If you're enjoying this episode, be sure to check out
2: last week's show featuring attorney and coach, Karen Covey, who shares her tried and true method for making good decisions, even when you're overwhelmed by the negative emotions and stress of divorce. It is a lifesaver.
0: What science tells us about decision-making is that it's all emotional. You can't make a decision that's based on hundred percent reasoning. We think we can.
2: And now we return to
1: today's show.
0: And I want to hone in on a
2: couple of things that you said there, because I think they're so important. And one of them was that you have to swallow that pill of humility, right? Your kids need to be safe. I think, and this is my personal opinion, but I think you need to make your children feel safe in telling you things you may not want to hear. Because if your kids think they have to say what you want to hear, then nothing about that, that communication you're having with them is, is honest and is going to be helpful to them. So they will be very much put in that place where they're going to answer your questions uh, as if, right, like, oh no, of course, I'm thrilled with the parenting plan and spending time here. So that's a hard pill for parents to swallow. But the other aspect is what you were talking about is it had nothing to do with your dad, but he lived in a city which gave you a lot of anxiety and stress and all that, right? Which a parent might parents have this tendency to assume it's them. So if the kid doesn't want to be there, it must be me. But then you also pointed out in the book that over time it shifted and you started to want to be in the city with your dad. And yeah. I think it's important for parents to realize as we talked about just a minute ago, there's an ongoing conversation here and what you needed as a child or wanted changed.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and Also, I I just think it's so important with even the difference in genders, like my brother connected with my mom more in his teen years versus me. I connected with my dad more in my teen years. So I think, and that's not, you know, an end all be all, it could be vice versa, but I just think it even varies for siblings. And so not clumping your kids together and thinking Oh, they both want to do this. They both want to do that. Like asking them individually and letting them have their own opinions. There would be times where when I was 16 and I finally got my license, I would tell my mom like, Hey, I'm going to Denver tonight. I'm going to meet dad for dinner. He's in town. And, and I wanted to do that. It wasn't out of obligation. It wasn't like, I guess I should see dad. It was like, I actually want to enjoy a nice meal. Like it was funny growing up. My brother would cry about. Is so funny, but he, he would cry about getting fancy dinners at my dad's house and he'd be like, I just want Subway because <laughs> we were just so used to, you know, a yeah. middle class, simple life in, in Parker. And then in Denver with my dad, it was that he has, you know, fancy things and we got to fancy dinners and. I didn't appreciate that as a kid, but then as a teen and understanding like how that's cool and fun, like I actually liked that more and I wanted to see my dad more. Like I was at the part where my mom and I, as a teenager, I was clashing with her and I just wanted space away from her. And it wasn't because of the divorce or anything. It's just growing up and having hormones and being angsty. And I just wanted to be with my dad because he was chill and he didn't ask me a lot of questions. So, you know, I think giving your children space, to mold and and evolve and ebb and flow and not assigning these rigid things and assuming this is what we're going to do for the next 16 years of your life. But I love what you say, conversations like plural, revisiting it. I'm not saying you have to revisit it every day or even every week, but just giving your kids explicit permission and saying, "Hey, if you ever feel uncomfortable about what's happening or maybe you want to change, you know, the schedule, you know you can always come to me." And so letting them initiate those conversations, letting them come to you and giving them enough space to feel that way. I I talk in my book as well about having this box. I forget which chapter it is, I should know, but having this box of a uh, topics. So like, let's say there may be conflict averse kids and they don't want to shake the boat or rock the boat. They can write out on a piece of paper, kind of their concern or something they want to talk about and put it in that box. And then you can read it on your own time and then come to them and speak to them about it. And that way they don't need to worry about how am I going to say this to mom or dad, or how am I going to communicate it? It could just be this known box in the house of like, Hey, if you ever have a concern about how, how, how this house is running, you know, you have input in this house. Like, and I think some parents don't want to do that, but I think it's fun because it's giving the kids empowerment and ownership of their family. And it's letting them rise to the situation. And I don't know, I have fun with their family.
2: Yeah, well, it, it, I love it. It's the suggestion box approach to parenting, right? But I, it, it's, it's wonderful. I've always said, you know, for parents, it's really, really hard, but there is no I in parent, right? You become a parent, your I goes out the door. And again, I know there are people out there who are saying, well, Susan, you didn't have your own kids. Well, it's actually even, I have a stepmom and became a parent in that fashion and there's no i in stepmom either
1: everyone nope. so let me yeah. just clue you in my mom um, was a stepmom too and yeah there there is no i in that <laughs> <laughs> There's no I, and and it's hard because as an attorney,
2: I would hear people say all the time, "I want more time with my kids. I want this. I want that. I, I, I." And I'm like, "But what do your kids want? What do your kids need?" And I, I will say, it's not always what your kids want, right? Kids would might want ice cream for dinner every single night, right? You know, they probably need a little broccoli in there, right? But, being able to give your children, I love the box idea, because being able to give your children a safe way that to give you information that you then can assimilate, take in, let your blood pressure go down or your yeah. hurt feelings yeah. subside, or you know, say your ohms, your mantras, or whatever you need to do, go talk to your parenting counselor sure. or therapist. But then come back to your child and let them feel what they're feeling, want what they want, and work with them to get that for them. I think that is so critical. So that that little box idea is I always tell my listeners there's golden nuggets. That's the big <laughs> shiny golden nugget right here. There's a sure. ton of them. Already in this episode, but I love that one. Yeah. And you know, the other thing that I, I wanted to make sure we we hit on here, because I think it's so important, is you also say to teach your kids to find the good. Hmm. And I know, especially when you're going through divorce or where you have a difficult co-parent, which very often happens for people, it's very hard. They're they're sitting there right now listening to this podcast, going, ha, ah, good. That's such a joke, right? But it's really important for your kids.
1: So the book consists of it's based in 10 tips I wrote as a 10-year-old. And one of my 10 tips I wrote was to seek the positives. I got that through learning what I learned in counseling. So I thought to myself as my 22-year-old self a couple years ago like, well if 10-year-old Grace thought it was important to seek the positives, then this is important, and I wanted to preserve that in the adult version of the book as well. Um, and I realized, like, it, it makes sense because I don't know if, if you've seen this in social situations as well. But if someone starts complaining about something, it's kind of easy to just hop on that train and be like, "Yeah, you know what? You're right." And then all of a sudden, you're just in this tornado of complaining, 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 and it's kind of fun and stuff. But then you walk away, and you're like, "Ugh, I feel kind of icky," and that I don't feel like joy. I don't feel like. Resolved in any way. I'm just kind of down now. And that can be the same pattern with divorce. If we just start complaining, complaining, complaining about, oh, how much it's changed my life now, my life sucks. And now I have to go blah, 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 and then co parent this, co parent that. And I mean, then there can just be kind of this heavy atmosphere in the home of like, man, our lives suck now because post divorce, you know, it's just ugly. And that doesn't have to be the case. And so I tried to approach this like gently with parents because I've never been a parent and I wanted to make that very, you know, real and I wanted to admit that. But at the same time, it was so good for me as a kid to list out the positives when I was experiencing something negative. And a lot of people relate this to like gratitude lists. So when I would have a hard time at my dad's house, Instead of just being like, oh, I hate the city or like dad doesn't know me as well as mom knows me or my mom makes homemade meals. uh, My counselor would challenge me, you know what, Grace, like sit down and write down the positives of being at your dad's. So I would have to flip the script and be like, "Okay, hold on. I I like that he has awesome beef jerky here. I like that I get fancy meals here. I like that my dad listens to rock music and my mom would not listen to rock. Um, like things like that, where I would find little positive nuggets and be able to, um, I don't know, then live with it and have a better attitude about it all. Um, but I said that to the parents too, because you don't realize that, That can make you go into a depression and and downward when you're constantly thinking negative, 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 negative. And it's going no matter what, it's going to bleed out into your kids lives because you set the tone for the home and they watch you. They observe you. They model after you and you need to set the tone. And I'm not saying don't vent. Don't ever be negative. That is totally fair. But please, please, please don't do it to the kids. Find a place, like your safe place. It could be a counselor. It could be a friend. It could be your sister or brother. Vent to them. Be super negative. I don't care. But do not do that to the kids because then they're going to have self-conscious feelings of like, well, gosh, I'm 50% of dad and you say dad's stupid. So am I stupid? Because also yesterday you just said, oh, you're so much like your dad. So i I guess I'm just stupid. And then, oh, you keep saying like dad's house is the worst. So then I guess dad's house is the worst. And then also like I went to Disney with dad, but then you get mad that dad takes me to Disney because you can't take me to Disney. So I guess I'll just, and there's all these like self critiquing moments in a child's mind where it's like, hold up. Their biggest concern should be, did I do my homework? Not Oh, gosh, I'm at my mom's house now, and now I can't tell her about this because she gets mad, and then she's mad at dad, and she's so negative. She hates dad, blah, blah, blah. It's just ridiculous. So, um, sorry, I went on a rabbit hole there, but I just... I don't it was, know.
2: It was fantastic, actually, because that's how a kid's mind works about this. Everybody, you just. Yes, a it insight. just starts going. <laughs> but, but that's it. Right. That's we've all gone down rabbit holes. That's why we ca- we have that phrase out there. And and that's what your children's minds do. I've seen it. It's in the split film, split uh, the teen years um, where the one young bo- is so boy, good. Uh, they're amazing, right? Both of those films, and there's the one young man who's like, whose mom was constantly talking about how awful his dad was. He's like, I get it, I get it. You don't like dad, and I, you are always saying I look so much like him. You, he, she must really not like me either, right? And and so yeah. I think that that's really, I love this. I happen to be a person who who started a gratitude journal several years ago, and. Thought it was the stupidest idea, by the way, in the world. I was doing it. Yeah, it sounds my too therapist. like rainbowy
1: and like, but it's weird. It's this slow thing where it actually grows joy in you.
2: It really does. And it will change your perspective and it will change how you see little moments in your life because you're going to go, you know what? That's one of those gratitude moments. That's one of those positive moments. That's one of those joy moments. And I will, I will challenge everyone out there who's going through divorce who says there's no positives in my life right now. There is always something that you can find to share with your children that is positive. And, and as Grace said, and I, I think it's so important to reinforce it, what you do and how you approach things and the tone you set is what your children are going to see and model. And so we are absolutely, I don't think either of us saying, Pollyanna this and bullshit your children and say, everything's fine. No, We're not saying no. that you're saying, find the actual moments of, of gratitude or joy or something that's a positive. Yeah. Even if it's dad has good beef jerky in his house. Literally.
1: Hello. I also want to share a story along with that other side of like, it's okay to also still be real about what's happening. My mom did this really cool thing and I thought it was fun, but it was probably, I don't know, twice a month or something. We would have a dinner and it would just be me, her and Jack. She'd make a homemade dinner. We'd sit down for the dinner and we would just start venting and being real about the realities of divorce and we were allowed to cuss we were allowed to cry we were allowed to be mad we were allowed to be like loud about it there was like no rules and it was just a safe place to be a hundred percent ourselves without filtering or feeling like we were walking on eggshells and there were some tough conversations in there where my mom got upset or i got upset and we had to walk away and you know pout in our rooms and then later say sorry but I think those are so, so valuable because you're giving your kids such a safe place to say, bring all that you are. And I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of things you have to say. You don't need to filter anything. You can bring all that you are and I am a safe place for you. And I've heard this a lot in the divorce space, but like being the safe parent is really, really hard because it means that your child is gonna bring all of them. So like as much as they're bringing all their fun and joy, they're also bringing all of their sadness and despair and anger, and but it's a beautiful thing that they feel safe to bring those things to you. So yeah, I, I loved those dinners. They were really wild.
2: <laughs> I, I it's right up there with the suggestion suggestion box. Now we have like two major like experiences, things that you can do. It is a gift to both you and your child, if you can be the safe parent, it is probably one of the yes. hardest things you will ever do, yes. but it is a gift <laughs> to your child. And as you just, I think, really eloquently pointed out, it's a gift to the parent as well. Um, I think that's really important. So I, I just, I, this book is your gift to everyone. And your gift is also that you were able to write this and share it so eloquently and so beautifully. Um, and in, in such an adult way, but also in a childlike way, because I see both. I see you, gr- child grace and the woman grace in this book and in the wisdom you. that you share here and and right here on the screen as we talk. Um, yeah. So I very much thank you for this. I've already mentioned Divorce Tips from Kids is the website, the podcast Divorce, What I Wish My Parents Knew. Obviously, Dear Parents, Notes from a Child of Divorce. Those will all be linked in the show notes. But you also are giving away two chapters of the book for free for people. Can you tell them how to get those chapters?
1: Heck yeah. I'm so happy about this. I figured out how to do it on my own. So I feel very cool. I'm like, you know, I'm my little own entrepreneur. So I was like, how do I make downloadable chapter? But don't worry, audience. I figured it out. So you're going to go to my website at divorce You'll see a tab that says book you'll see another tab that says freebie. So you'll click on freebie. It'll ask you for the access code. And this is the access code, all caps, for the kids. For the kids. No spaces. It's beautiful. You press enter. There it is. You get the intro. You get the first chapter for free. And if you did not fall in love with the book after reading that, then I don't know what else I can do to help you. So... (laughs) Please download those, read it up and see if this is something that you would enjoy. And if you do enjoy it, you can purchase it from my website or on Amazon or Barnes and Noble.
2: I will link to all of that. And I'm just going to say you don't really need to download the the two chapters. Everyone just go get the book (laughs) because, you know, I've read it twice. You all know I I read the I I love the book. I I always think it's important that people read books before we talk to authors. And this book is trust
1: me, folks, get the book. Thank you. I would also say there's three options. You can do ebook, print book, or audible. And like, you know, if you have a learning disability, you can't read, then obviously do audible. But I would really urge you if you can to get the print version only because it's such a like workbook book. There's three questions after each chapter. So if you want to use it as like a built-in journal as well, I've left spaces in the book for you to write out your own answers And I've heard from my audience that the print book is just so much better because they can actually write in their thoughts as they're reading it. Whereas the Kindle version, it's just going to be a lot tougher. You'll have to have a book or a journal next to you as you read it. So very interactive. So I would recommend the print version. I have
2: the print version and I it, it's got like lines and underlines and stars and stuff, guys. I so, love that. <laughs> yeah, I just showed it to Grace on the screen. You guys can't see that. But I, thank you so much. Thank you for your patience in doing this episode. And But you know what? I'm delighted that we got to do it. This is going to be wonderful. I have another episode this month coming with Christina as kids go back to school. So this month Good. is really going to be about kids and for parents... That's the whole goal anyway. This is you are you are a gift to parents. You're a gift to kids. And thank thank you. you.
1: Oh my gosh, Susan. I'm gonna type that up and paste it in my room. Wow. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much.
2: Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com, where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce
0: and beyond.